Welcome everyone to the Retail Corner Podcast from Proxima 360. The purpose of our podcast is to bring a relaxed and educational environment to discuss the current retail landscape, best of breed products, and retail business best practices. You will always find us talking with business users, technical resources, and retail experts on how they are and where they are headed. Corner Podcast. I am here with Eric Ruder today, and he is the founder of Human Centered Success LLC, and it is a uh, is a consultancy that focuses on leadership, focuses on taking care of people. And so, welcome, Eric. Thanks. Glad to be here. Excited to to have our conversation. Absolutely, absolutely. So, uh, Eric and I are both project managers. Uh, he did an awesome uh, presentation on the Project Management Institute that uh, that I was part of, and kind of reached out, and he's nice enough to join us today. And uh, you you focus more on uh, like leadership versus management, and more of the human centered thing. And we focus more on retail, uh, obviously, as as the retail corner, you know. And so. Um, <laughs> From a retail perspective, like everybody talks about moving cheese or swallowing frogs or everything else like that. But at some point in your retail career, you have to step up, right? Whether you're the shift leader or the CEO or whatever else, you have to be better at leadership, right? Right. Absolutely. And so, yeah. So, and, and leadership, you know, again, it doesn't matter where in an organization you are. You can be on the floor or you can be you know, in the office at the store, or you can be in corporate. But if you are interacting with people, you have the opportunity to become a leader. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so in, in retail, we talk about, oh, that's the manager, that's the management. And so is there a difference between leadership and management in your mind? Yeah, absolutely. And management is command and control. Management is I'm going to tell you how to do things and I am going to create the task list and you are going to follow it. And I have managed your work. Leadership on the other hand is much more about empowering your team members to do the work in the way that they best see fit because they are the subject matter experts in how they're, doing their work. So as long as they are meeting, you know, base level needs, and if you're not on a manufacturing line where, you know, there are very strict protocols for how things have to be done, does it really matter if someone stocks a shelf in a slightly different way than someone else is stocking a shelf, so long as the shelf gets stocked and customers can find the products they're looking for? No, it really doesn't matter. So can you, as a leader, empower your team, empower the members to bring forward innovations, bring forward new ideas, bring forward their best selves so that the workplace becomes actually more productive, more engaging, you have better retention, and that's true leadership. Right. As opposed to management. Okay. You know, you, usually it, people say it's about the journey, not the destination, but sometimes it's, it's, it's about the destination. It's about getting to where you need to get and uh, giving people the, the freedom and kind of safety to do that. Yeah. And I mean, 
you know, I've had the the pleasure of working in a lot of organizations where, yeah, absolutely, the destination is the thing. I mean, you don't put in a business to just like wander around. <laughs> you yeah. know, you are, you know, looking at profitability. You are looking at number of people served. You are looking at certain metrics. However, how you get to that measure of success. Mm you know, good leaders are going to let their valued employees set the course, set the map. You set the vision as a leader, you set the direction, but, you know, your staff member is going to choose whether you're using an ATV, a motocross, like whatever it is <laughs> right. to get there. Um, and, you know, most of the time, the vast majority of the time, if you have created an environment where your staff and your team feel safe to bring up ideas, they're going to help you get to that end destination faster, no matter what the journey to get there. Right. Right. And so you talked about engagement. Like, and so that's, that's a huge thing within retail. It's a huge thing because you're bringing people on constantly. What is, what is something necessary in your mind that before someone's engaged, they have to feel, they have to feel safe. They have to feel feel like they're necessary. What's so there's there's three three components of psychological of engagement. One of them is psychological safety. So, do I feel a part of this group? Do I feel like I can bring who I am without fear of reprisal? Can I take risks? Can I bring new ideas to right the group without being kicked out of the tribe. <laughs> right. So that's psychological safety, which is a key component to engagement, because if you don't feel safe, it doesn't matter how cool the work is. Yeah. You know, you're spending your energy worrying about, am I going to get kicked out? Am I going to be on the outside? Am I going to be marginalized? And that's, you know, that can be because of identity that can be, you know, sexual orientation, sexual identity. It can be what, you know, I talked to, um, a, a colleague in India and they have such a regard for where people went to college and university oh, yeah. that that can be an outgroup thing even within the business. So like he hadn't been to college in 10, 15 years, and it was still something that was being used to marginalize him. So different cultures, you know, different values. Sure. Sure. Um, I mean, so there's how do you navigate that? You know, how do you create safety? Um, yeah. So that's one component of it is that psychological safety. Do I feel I am valued and can bring myself to work. Sure. So one component. Another component is psychological meaningfulness. So does my work matter? So okay. yeah. I had a job where, you know, I was super excited. I was in college. I got to work in a lab. And so I, I went to work in this botany lab. I thought the professor was really cool. And she was like, you're going to be counting seeds. 
for an experiment that's not going to be done for 15 years. And <laughs> I was like, okay, this has... Thank you for the demotivation, I guess? I mean, no meaning to me, right? Like, wow, yes, yeah. It's for certain people that would be motivating. Like, oh, I am part of this huge experiment, multi-year generating knowledge. You know, for me as a 21-year-old, who's yeah. only going to be there for six months, max. That that was not, I didn't find the meaning in that. And, you know, I can count, I can count well. I did not count well. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> like I was not good. You were not your best counter on those things. I was not my best counter at that job because I just didn't see the point of it, right? So psychological meaningfulness. Do we find okay. that the work that we're doing provides value either to us, to the community, etc.? And it is really just a, a matter of framing because somebody can have the same job, but you know, if they're seeing like stocking the shelves, like, Hey, I put diapers on the shelf so that I know that new parents have that for their kids right. and can easily find that. And that takes the stress away. That's very different than someone saying, yeah, I put a box of diapers on the shelf. Woo woo. Yeah. So it's it's that matter of framing as well, but finding that meaning also leads to engagement. And then the third part is availability. Do I have the intellectual and emotional bandwidth to do the work? So what are the distractions? What's pulling you away from the work? Is it something within the organization? Is it something totally outside of what the work is? Um, one of the things that, you know, I bring up <laughs> as a personal example of this is I worked for an organization and one day this guy comes running through the office and my boss is like, go see what that's about. So like I walk over to the guy and he's like, come here come here, I got something to tell you. And I'm like, you can tell me from six to seven feet away. Like, <laughs> and he's like, come here, come here. And I was like, eh. So he bolts back out. And all of a sudden, there's all these cops, they tackle him, gun goes flying. We realize there's like blood everywhere because this guy had been bleeding. Um, and it turns out he was a car thief and he had been chased down the hill behind the building, managed to get into the building and scraped himself up. And, you know, so there is, you know, the situation, no one got hurt aside from like his, you know, banged up, scraped up. <laughs> aside from the obvious. Yeah. Aside from the obvious, but like no, no cops got hurt. Nobody in the organization I was working with got hurt. However, for me as like one of my first jobs out of college that was really traumatizing and yeah. you know a month and a half later i had my biannual review and my supervisor was like i don't understand why your productivity has dropped why you haven't been as you know with it and you're making all these mistakes and the fact of the matter is that i was so concerned 
about another security lapse happening. And what if I had been a little more naive and been like, okay, tell me whatever you want to. And like walked up to the guy. I mean, he had a gun. So my, I was continually thinking about what if something like this happens again? So I didn't have, because that was one of your first experiences. Right. And you're like, oh, it, it, this must be normal. This must right. be what this it's is, like. <laughs> this is the workplace, right? Um, yes. <laughs> cops and guns all the time. Yeah, yeah. In a corporate office. Yay. Exactly. Um, so I didn't have the mental and emotional bandwidth to do the work. Oof. Yeah. yeah. And that's I mean, something that can change, change instant, like a light switch. Right. Yeah. And, but it's also systemic too. So one of the examples that you often hear about this when talking about psychological availability is if you look at certain racial or ethnic minorities, or even you know minorities is not the greatest term anymore because some of these quote unquote minorities are actually majorities, but they're still marginalized. Sure. They're still discluded from power, from resources, etc. So. Yeah. Yeah. So you look at someone from one of these marginalized groups who has to worry about getting from their home to their work. And am I going to be pulled over by the cops for who I am? Am I going to be discriminated against at the corner store when I stop in for my morning coffee? So we all have just a certain amount of cognitive bandwidth. Right. And if your bandwidth keeps getting eaten up by worrying about these issues, you don't have as much left to put into your work. You're not going to be as engaged. And it doesn't have to be that identity issue either. Like if you I mean, like recently, be limitless. Yeah. I mean, we had a car that we have a car, but it wouldn't start regularly. Like all of the stuff was going on with it. And so was I as engaged with work? No, I'm worried about my car. Like, I have to run to the store at lunch. Is it going to start? Is it going to, you know, so it can be something as simple as that that pulls away from engagement. And as a leader, you can't control all of that. I mean, there's no way you can do that. You're not omnipotent. You can't wait. And you you can't be in everybody's business like that either. Right. But what you can do is create a safe environment with meaningful work for your employees and create as much availability as you can. Create an environment where those internal distractions in the workplace aren't happening. You know, training people like what's a microaggression? Maybe you shouldn't tell someone that they sound really articulate. You know, I mean, things like that, that you can control and help mitigate so so that you're Right. So if you take this human centered centered process, you take your main three three ingredients, you toss them into the bowl, and you get engagement, right? Hopefully. Right. <laughs> what are you seeing as as like the main other than other than just the general productivity or or uh workplace uh, workplace uh happiness? What are you seeing as a surprise benefit of engagement within teams? One of the things that you see, again, I I mean, I mentioned this briefly before, is innovation. You see people who are willing to 
bring up process improvements, bring up product improvements, because they feel like they can offer their opinion and their expertise. Right. So, you know, maybe the way that the entire organization stocks their shelves is completely obsolete and terrible and takes too much time and causes back issues and whatever it is. But right, if you right. are in an environment where your team is not engaged, they're not going to care. They're just going to do what they're told. They're going to get their paycheck and they're going to go home. And then they're going to complain about it. Right. You'll see the Google reviews. Right. Yeah. Exactly. You're just, you'll, you'll look it up on Glassdoor. It'll be. Uh, right. exactly. yeah. But if and, you if you create this environment where, you know, the the team members feel like the work that they're doing has value, feel like they can actually spend some intellectual, emotional energy thinking about and connecting with the work and feel safe that if they raise their hand, they're not going to get smacked down. You're so, going to see yeah. innovation. So you've got the soil and the seed and the water and all these other ingredients and what grows is new ideas kind of thing. Yeah. And yeah, uh, that's, that's kind of a cool, because that's what everybody in retail wants. Everybody wants to make sure that they're doing the exact right thing at the right time. And, and if you, if you stop evolving, you become blockbuster. And yeah. So, <laughs> Yay. My first job. <laughs> and so, I had to work it in there somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And so it's not on my so resume. Me, yeah, I would hope not. <laughs> Yeah, I was a, uh, I was sure. Why not? It'd be fun to throw throw that on the resume, just to make sure. But and so yeah, we, we've kind of talked as they talked about the secret sauce, talked about the recipe for all this. If you had an advice for a leader that was starting out, like they're from shift leader to say, you know what, we'd like to make you assistant manager, something like that, where, where they're getting more responsibility. Mm -hmm. How? What's your advice to becoming more human centric? So a couple of different things. Listen, <laughs> listen with the intent to understand and empathize. And there's a number of different ways you can do that. If you have a really large team, you can do a survey. If it's, if it's a small team, take the time to get to know your employees no one likes to feel like they're a cog in the machine. No one likes to feel that their contributions aren't valued, that who they are is not valued. So take the time. Uh, I know that in Western society, we're all profit, revenue, greater efficiency. But the fact is, is if we're losing employees, if we have employees who are quiet quitting or you know, have either absenteeism or presenteeism. Right. We're not doing our organizations any favors. And so listening, understanding, I like to use, I'm a, I'm a big proponent, as you can tell from my uh, organization's name, I'm a big proponent of human-centered design. And so there, there are specific activities that you can use to really get to the core 
of what people want and need. One of the things that I've used fairly frequently is empathy mapping. So it's basically a guided interview with larger groups of people that you can pull commonalities, similarities, and you ask things like, what are you seeing in your workplace? What are you seeing others do? What are you hearing from your colleagues about whatever topic you're looking at? You know, what are you seeing as trends or things that other similar organizations are doing? What are your hopes in this position? What are your fears in this position? And so you can create a literally a map of what's going on with your team. And usually this tool has been used to create product services results. You know, here's my project manager hat coming back on, right? Usually this is about, you know, how do we create the next best widget for our customers? But if you focus it back on the team, you're going to get the same benefit, but from a leadership perspective. That sounds awesome. Yeah, we're we're running low on time right now, but I think we could have another whole episode on just the tools for the uh, human center. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think that'd be awesome. And so, um, if if you guys have any questions or anything else, Eric, thank you again for uh, for being a part of the uh, retail corner today. And we'll absolutely. have every link possible below uh, if anybody wants to reach out to you and become a little bit more human centered. That's a, never a bad thing. Never a bad. So, thing. absolutely. Thank you again, sir. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure. If you would like to be featured on our podcast, please email us at podcast at retailcorner.live or visit our website, retailcorner.live. Looking forward to having you as our guest on our podcast. And thank you so much for listening.